0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills and recording this episode on a Victory Monday for each and all of you, and a deep sigh of relief (laughs) coming from most of Western New York, Buffalo Bills fans across the country, as the Bills escape with a 34-31 victory over the Miami Dolphins. Now, by the time you hear this, you probably will have kind of had some time to debrief from the game just a little bit, start to exhale, and just uh, let that blood pressure get back to normal. Certainly not the easy matchup that many thought it would be for the Buffalo Bills. And even in the earlier podcast I recorded over the weekend, previewing the matchup a bit, you know, found yourself saying like, listen, I'm not ready for the season to end. You do not want to take any opponent lightly. And kudos to the Miami Dolphins for the fight that they put into the matchup with their third string quarterback, Skylar Thompson. I I think it's safe to say this rivalry between the Bills and the Dolphins is uh is back to say the least. And I think when you look at that, uh, when the Bills and Dolphins have a healthy rivalry, football is more fun, maybe a little bit more stressful like it was on Sunday afternoon in what seemed like the longest uh, regulation football game ever played in, in my lifetime. But with that being said, happy that the Buffalo Bills got the victory and moving forward, Sunday at Highmark Stadium to face the Cincinnati Bengals and a 3 p.m. kickoff. As you look at this game, right, I'm, I'm going to try and focus on the, the positive. And I think it's, uh, you know, sometimes it's it's tough in these games when you're a, a big favorite. I think the line went off at, at 14 points for the Bills. And again, you kind of escape with a three-point victory in the playoffs. A lot of things can happen. And as many say, and I do agree with this, it's, it's just survive and advance. That is all that really matters. From an injury standpoint, relatively unscathed for the Bills, at least at the time of recording. Not sure what the situation is with Reggie Gilliam yet, but uh, we'll keep you posted there and and make sure that you lock on with buffalorumblings.com to get all of that news. Before we get going any further, too, let me remind you guys, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, brought to you by our friends at homage.com the softest Buffalo Bills tees in the game. They've been having various 20% off sales. All the details in the link where you can find out more included in the show notes. I encourage you to check it out. Appreciate everything these guys do uh, as a sponsor for Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. And I love their product. So so check it out, definitely. And uh, check out that sale that they've got going on at this time as well. Now, when we talk about the things that I'm focused on, the things that I'm, I'm just so positive about heading in you know after this game uh, the first is the play of Kair Elam and you know if you've you've followed with me along through the draft process last year uh usually i'm i'm all about offensive weapons right the offensive side of the ball i can't help myself sometimes when you look at these mock drafts and sort of gravitating in that direction but in the 2022 draft it was really about getting a cornerback. In that first round, when you think of the moves that the Bills made in free agency, adding someone like Von Miller, different things they did at defensive tackle, um, some of the moves that took place along the offensive line with Roger Saffold and Ryan Bates coming back. You know, I was all in and drafting a cornerback in the first round, and I was happy when the Bills made the move to to move up to make sure that they got Kyer Elam. And as fans of the Bills, we know it's been an up and down season for the, the rookie. I mean, heck, he was a healthy scratch one game earlier in the season, and as that is usually not the expectation that you have. Add to that, I'll say some of the struggles that Dane Jackson has had has kind of elevated the uh, the awareness when it comes to, to Elam's, I'll say, lack of playing time. And right, I mean, Dane Jackson, a former seventh round pick out of Pitt. So, I mean, being a a serviceable starter in the NFL, you you get that and the expectations should be in check. But you'd be thinking to yourself like, man, what is it that is happening that Elam is not playing more? And on Sunday, he got to come up big because it was an injury that pulled Jackson from the game that inserted Elam and and really kind of had him playing the remainder of the game. And Sean McDermott noted in the post game press conference uh, that Jackson was cleared to go back in but with the way that Elam was playing, that they were happy to, you know, to kind of leave him in the field. Um, It was really the huge interception that he had with the Bills down 24 to 20, right? Obviously the Dolphins with the ball and uh, it was Elam jumping the route to get the pick, to give the Bills the opportunity to come down and score a touchdown and go up 27 to 24. You know, at that point, and, and I think like many, I was, I wasn't happy with the way the game was going, But then you're down 24 to 20, all these points off turnovers for the Dolphins. And then you're thinking to yourself, like, okay, they've got the ball now. What if they go down and score and go up 11 points? Like, you're starting to run out of time. So that pick came at the perfect time for the rookie. And just so happy to see that from him. Um, You know, I don't know why he's not playing more. I don't know why he's not the starter opposite of Tredavious White. Obviously, we're we're not at practice. We don't see what happens. You know, Sean McDermott is pretty tight-lipped. When he talks about the the team and, and what's going on and decisions they make, and I completely agree with that and respect that, but there's always been that side of you that thinks like, okay, here's this talented rookie though. He's going to learn best by playing and not to say just, you know, kind of throw him in there and let him learn from the mistakes, but kind of throw him in there and let him learn from the mistakes we saw that from Tredavious White early in his time with Buffalo. Granted, there was a very different team back then, right, in 2017, as far as expectations go and the success that the team was having. But almost a like, listen, put Elam in there, let him play each game. If he gets burned, he's going to learn from it. That's That time on task is going to, to move forward. That necessarily hasn't been the case, but I will be interested to see what the team decides to do next weekend against the Bengals. And if he lines up as the full-time starter, opposite of Tradavius White. Um there's a couple of interesting quotes I want to read. And this is the article that comes from Jay Skersky at the Buffalo News that I thought was was just a great thing to to kind of talk about the player and uh and who he is and and what he's been doing. Because again, I think so much of it has been uh, you know, kind, of, kind of noted, right? Like, okay, limited playing time, kind of on and off here and there. The first one comes from Shaq Lawson. I quote, that's somebody who has been studying his film and knew what was going on. He jumped that route. I always tell him, shoot, you're a first-round pick. Go out and be a dog. I've been preaching that, and I was proud when he got that pick because even though he's a rookie, he's been studying like he's been in the league three to four years. When he jumped it, I said, okay, that's what his studying has come from. And then another quote coming from Tredavious White said, Kair, he's such a student of the game. Just the way that he attacked the week coming in on our off days, catching balls. So him catching that pick is something that he's been waiting on. But he's a student, man. He really wants it. His desire to be the best that he can be is just next to none. The way he prepared, the way he comes in and takes care of the body as a rookie, man, the success that he had today is not a surprise. And to hear those two quotes from Tredavious White, from Shaq Lawson, two veteran players, um, obviously leaders in the locker room for the Bills to recognize that, I thought those two quotes were worth sharing. And again, coming to you from Jay Skersky at the Buffalo News, um, talking about that performance from Elam. So to me, that was the first piece that really, really stood out, right? Something I think when you talk about this game, and where the bills are going to be moving forward, not just for the playoffs, but even thinking beyond uh, this season, right? carrier Elam, the arrow pointing up, and that is good to see, to uh, to hopefully be able to lock down that cornerback to spot in Buffalo. A couple other guys that stood out for me, and no surprise to anyone that was watching the game, but Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds. Um, you know, we've talked about these two linebackers in the past, and just the the presence that they bring on on the field. And you saw the big hits coming from Tremaine Edmonds. The work that he did in coverage, I thought was incredibly impressive across the the middle, just being in the right spot, knocking down passes to me, you know, you see that evolution of Edmonds and the player that he is. That truly stood out. Matt Milano with those two sacks as well, right? I, I think you just you talk about this and and those guys And we talked about beforehand, right? Guys like Micah Hyde, guys like Jordan Poyer. Of course, there's so many important pieces to this defense. But Milano and Edmonds are that bridge, right? To the defensive line, to the defensive secondary. And I just thought on the defensive side of things, uh, again, as I'm checking here, it was Edmonds with four passes defensed. Um, You know, for for the linebacker, that's, that's a great thing to see. And again, combining that with Milano's 10 tackles, his two sacks, um, those guys just make things work for the Buffalo Bills. And to have that type of a game, of course, we'll rely upon them playing against, going up against the Bengals on Sunday, and I'm excited to see what can happen there. Another thing I was excited to see, at least early in the game, um, was the play of Stefan Diggs. Finishing the game with seven receptions for 114 yards, uh, as the dolphins started to make some shifts on the defensive side of the ball, they, they were doing what they could to take him out of the game. And while I'm, I'm you know I'm high on digs and, and how well he played and how they went to him early, um, it does make me a little nervous when you think to, okay, as defenses shift to look to take him out of the game, what does that mean for the bills? And I think no surprise there, then you start to see the Bill's offense sputter. After that, uh, I'll just call it some interesting play calling, some interesting decisions from Josh Allen. Um, I, I don't want to go down the whole Dorsey rabbit hole. I think enough people have at this point, and you've probably already formed your opinion. And uh, you know, maybe just a, a, a tough stretch. But when Diggs only gets one target in the second half in a, a tight game, you know, I don't want to say like just manufacture touches for him. That doesn't sound right. But I think when you talk about a player of his caliber, you've got to look to do something different because honestly, the offense goes as Stefan Diggs goes. And we've seen that enough this season. And uh, hopefully they can make the necessary adjustments because I'm sure the Bengals looking at that, uh, that footage and saying, "Okay, what can we emulate here to have success in Buffalo the following weekend? Just when you talk about the receivers, I mean, Gabriel Davis, six receptions for 113 yards and a touch. Great to see. Cole Beasley, two big catches for 35 yards, one of them a touchdown. Dawson Knox, a a miraculous catch in the end zone for a touchdown as well. And uh, not to be forgotten, Khalil Shakir, three catches for 51 yards. Uh, I will be honest, there was a point during the game where he dropped that potential 54-yarder. I don't know if he lost it in the sun or whatever it is. It was just like, gosh, maybe the moment's a little bit too big for the rookie. And he comes back and makes that huge 31-yard reception on third down I was like "Yeah, okay forget that he's gonna be he's gonna be okay here so it was just nice to see different guys having success but i would like to see some more consistency in their targets for digs in the second half uh because again i think when things roll through him you just continue to see that success here in buffalo let me do this real quick i'm going to take a break when i come back we will do our pain homage segment probably thinking to yourself like, man, you already talked about Elam, you talked about Milano, you talked about Edmonds, you talked about Diggs and Davis. Who's going to Who's gonna get the honors this week? Just hang tight. I'll be right back. I'm breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back to Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino here with you in time for our Paying Homage segment of the show. As you know, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings brought to you by our friends at homage.com. Check out the show notes so how you can get the softest Buffalo Bills tees in the game. And when we talk about this, you might be thinking, okay, you've already talked a bit about Elam and Milano and Edmonds and Diggs and Davis. Who are you going to have for the Paying Homage segment this week? For me, that guy is Devin Singletary. And I know you might be thinking to yourself, you know, it wasn't a, uh, a prolific game from Singletary, 10 catches or 10 carries for 48 yards, no catches, no targets even in the passing game, which is kind of a whole other subject. But, you know, you, you talk about Singletary and he's coming to the end of his rookie contract uh, Four productive years in Buffalo. What his future with the team is, is, is certainly un- uncertain. At this time, we've seen James Cook uh, out snapping him at times, getting more touches than him at times. And you start to think like, man, is, is Singletary's time in Buffalo going to be done? But in a playoff game where you've got a three point lead, where things have not been going the way you need them to. And it's third and seven and you need a player that can grind out seven yards and get a first down. Singletary is who the Bills went with and his nickname is motor for a reason because he kept on churning and kept on churning and with the help of his offensive line got those 7 yards for the first down to put the game away where the bills could go in victory formation. So when we talk about paying homage, I mean for me this week Singletary was the guy that just sort of popped in, right? And you're just thinking to yourself like man in that type of situation when you need to get that hard fought yardage to put things away, to get that first down uh, Devin Singletary was up to the task on Sunday and I'm happy that he was a guy, uh, to, to give that honor to this week. So, you know, I think as we, we look at it, it is going to be another big week for the Buffalo bills. Uh, the anticipation will be huge when you talk about going up against the Cincinnati Bengals, of course, when they were supposed to meet on Monday night football, such a huge game. Thankfully, DeMar Hamlin is doing well. But now you get, I don't even know if you can call it a rematch, right? Because the teams barely got to to play the game just nine minutes in uh, before things were stopped. So getting that matchup, I think that so many were, were looking forward to beforehand for both the Bills and the Bengals, probably somewhat fortunate to be in this situation and that uh, both had games a, a bit tougher than they needed to be. Uh, This past weekend, but they will they will meet up for a chance to advance to the AFC championship game. And, you know, Highmark Stadium is going to be off the hook on Sunday afternoon. So let me get out of here for now. I always appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you for listening to Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Thank you for subscribing to our podcast channel, our YouTube channel. So you get all of our great shows here on the network. I'm going to get out of here for now. Thanks for checking in. And as always, go Bills.